0: Hello, and welcome to the Christian Rebel Podcast. Welcome back to the Christian Rebel, and I am your host, Brett Collier. Thank you for joining me again. I hope and pray that this podcast has helped you. If the content has helped you, could you please like, subscribe, and share with everyone you know. Please visit my website at www.christianrebelstudios.com to support us with a donation or purchase something from our store. I truly thank you for your support, because each purchase goes to help pay for the advertising of this podcast this week's episode is titled death to self as christians have we truly taken up our cross are we truly following jesus have we really died to ourself okay let's dive right into this week's study listen folks it's time to take up our cross let's turn to mark chapter 8 verses 34 through 35 then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Do you see that in this verse? We must deny ourselves and take up our cross. If we want to save our life, we have to lose it. Are we willing to do that? We must give every aspect of our life to Jesus. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9, verses 23-24. through 24. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. Matthew 10, 38 Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. All three of these passages say something about taking up our cross. Matthew 10.38 says, If we do not take up our cross, we are not worthy of Jesus. Let's take up our cross daily and follow Christ. Here's a question for you. Are we really following Christ? The modern equivalent would be to walk down a hallway toward an electric chair. Death is the destiny, and we are in a grim death processional. At least we are not first, and hopefully we are not alone. If we deny ourselves and commit ourselves to death, we can no longer place any hope in this world. By taking up our cross, it is as if all our natural passions and desires are doomed. Let's turn to Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you have cannot be my disciples. A.W. Tozer once said, Among the plastic saints of our times, Jesus has to do all the dying, and all we want to hear is another sermon about his dying. There is a death sentence. Let's turn to Galatians 5.24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. We have to consider ourselves dead. Let's see what T. Austin Sparks says. Here's a quote from him. We have not to die. We are dead. What we have to do is is to accept our death in baptism. We simply step in there and say, that position which God has settled with reference to me is the one which I now accept, and I testify here as the way to the fact that I have accepted God's position for me, namely, that in the cross I have been brought to an end. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 3-7. through 7. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verses 11-14. through 14. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You see that? We have to count ourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer your, any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Romans 7, chapter 7, verses 4 through 6 says, So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. Romans 8:12 through 13 Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Death to self is not optional for Christians. John twelve twenty four. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, or the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Let's go to Romans chapter twelve, verses one through two. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of, the, of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Again, we do not conform to the pattern of, the, of this world, but we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. T Austin Sparks says. The unalterable basis of an open heaven is a grave, and crisis at which you come to an end of your own self-life. It is the crisis of real experiential identification with Christ in His death. Romans 6, 2-4 By no means we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized in His death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of his Father, we too may live in a new life. Galatians 6.14 May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Listen, we are dead men. We must let the appeal of sin strike us like it would a corpse. Let's go to Romans 6, verses 5-7. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we shall no longer be slaves to sin. But anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Romans 6, 8-11 Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let's read verse 11 again. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus. There's hope for us, my friends. There is life after death. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verses 12, verses 14 and 20. Here's verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Verse 14. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world why as though you still belong to the world do you submit to its rules let's go to second timothy chapter 2 verse 11 he is trustworthy saying if we died with him we will also live with him second corinthians 5:15 through 17 and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised Again, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come; the old is gone; the new is here. Have you given your life to Christ? Have you taken up your cross? Have you you denied yourself? I hope so. Titus chapter two verse eleven. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to save self controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Ephesians 4 23 25 You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, which of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor? For we are all members of one body. Galatians chapter 2, 19-20 For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me, the life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above. I conclude with a short story by C.S. Lewis. It is titled, Counting the Cost. The terrible thing, the almost impossible thing, is to hand over your whole self, all your wishes and precautions to Christ. Christ says, give me all. I don't want so much of your time or and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. I have not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here and a branch there. I want to have the whole tree. I don't want to drill the tooth or crown it or stop it, but to have it out. Hand over the whole natural self, all the desires which you think innocent as well as the ones you think wicked. The whole outfit. I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My own will shall become yours. When I was a child, I often had a toothache. And I knew that if I went to my mother, she would give me something which would deaden the pain for that night and let me get to sleep. But I did not go to my mother, at least not till the pain became very bad. And the reason I did not go was this. I did not doubt she would give me the aspirin, but I knew she would also do something else. I could not get what I wanted out of her without getting something more, which I did not want. I wanted immediate relief from pain, but I could not get it without having my tooth set permanently right. I knew those dentists, I knew they started fiddling about with all sorts of other teeth which had not yet begun to ache. They would not let sleeping dogs lie. If you give them an inch, they would take a mile. Now if I may put it that way, our lord is like the dentist. If you give him an inch, he will take a mile. Dozens of people. Go to him to be cured for some one particular sin which they are ashamed of, or which is obviously spoiling daily life like a bad temper or drunkenness. Well, he will cure it all right, but he will not stop there. That may be all you ask, but if once you call him in, he will give you the full treatment. That is why he warned people to count the cost. Before coming Christians, make no mistake, he says, if you let me, I will make you perfect. The moment you put yourself in my hands, that is what you are in for, nothing less or other than that. Whatever suffering it may cost you in your earthly life, whatever it cost me, I will never rest, nor let you rest, until you are literally perfect. Until my father can say, without reservation, that he is well pleased with you. As he said, he was well pleased with me. This I can do and will do, but I will not do anything less. The goal toward which... He is beginning to guide you is perfect is absolute perfection, and no power in the whole universe except yourself can prevent Him from taking you to that goal. That is what you are in for, and it is very important to realize that, if we do not, then we are very likely to start pulling back and resisting Him after a certain point. I think that many of us, when Christ has enabled us to overcome one or two sins that were an obvious nuisance, are inclined to feel that we do not. Though we do not put it into our into words, obliged if he wouldn't now leave us alone. But that but this is the fatal mistake. The question is not what we intend ourselves to be, but what he intended us to be when he made us. Imagine yourself as living in a house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he is doing. He is getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof, and so on. You know that those jobs needed doing, and so you are not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor here, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were going to be made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace. He intends to come in and live in it himself. Wow, what a great little story by C.S. Lewis. Have you counted the cost? Have you taken up your cross to follow Christ? Today's the day to do it, and you have to do it daily. Be a rebel and take up your cross and follow Christ. Thank you for listening. Please visit our website at christian-rebel.com. Follow the podcast on Facebook at Christian Rebel Podcast. And until next time, keep the faith.